0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Manager IQ's Manager Skills Corner podcast. Manager IQ's mission is to provide an online space where managers can access all the resources, learnings, and tools to build their manager toolkit, and also to provide you with a community of managers to lean on. This podcast is designed to bring experts in specific areas of management to share their knowledge and experience with the Manager IQ community. We share tips and tricks which you can implement into your management practice. For more information about Manager IQ and our products, check out our website, www.manageriq.com. Now let's check out today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Manager Skills Corner. So great to be back here with you. And today we are excited to have Michelle Keenan from Michelle Keenan Wellness. Um, We're here to discuss the very important topic of workplace well-being. Michelle is a workplace well-being strategist and is helping business owners look after their most valuable assets, which is themselves and their people. Michelle's had over 30 years experience in the health industry and has helped over 1,000 people with their health and well-being. That is just an amazing. Thinking of all the impact that you've had out there, Michelle, it's so excited to have you here. Um, but you help your clients in multiple ways. Um, your services include one-on-one well-being coaching, online yoga and Pilates classes, and you also work with small to medium-sized businesses to create and implement their well-being strategies. So welcome here today, Michelle. How are you?
1: I'm really well, and thank you for having me.
0: Not a problem at all. Um, I'm so excited for this topic, um, but I thought it'd be quite good to start off, you know, to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what, you know, has brought you to being a wellbeing expert. Uh,
1: Sure. So the the short version is really that ever since I left school, and in fact, even before that, I um, have been interested in health and well-being and activity and looking after ourselves. So one of my first jobs out of school was in a gym and it sort of has all progressed from there over the years. So uh, how I've ended up in the workplace wellbeing being place uh, specifically is that When I was full time teaching yoga, Pilates, mindfulness, and had a studio, I also had been asked by a couple of different people I knew or people who knew people to come and do some mindfulness, some yoga, things like that for their staff. And that was kind of where that seed was planted. And one of the things I noticed about going in and doing a lunchtime class for the staff was kind of number one in the back of my mind was. It's lunchtime and people have to give up their lunchtime. So while it's nice that the business is offering this, it's kind of you can see why not everybody's going to be interested. But secondly, the people who were showing up were also people who would probably go out and seek out things like yoga themselves. So you might have 100 staff, but you might get six of the probably women from the office coming to do the yoga or 10 or 12 women from the office. You wouldn't get anybody from the factory. You didn't have um, many guys, or if any, coming. So in terms of workplace wellbeing, I could kind of see the limitations of doing it that way, although the people who did it sort of loved it and really felt it was helpful. So that was a little seed in the back of my mind. And then after COVID and everything else, You know, the changes that sort of happened in the world over that period of time, I just felt like it was time for a shift and I felt like I could really see a need and that I could do some good in the workplace wellbeing space in a broader sense than just going in and doing some lunchtime yoga for staff. You know, being a little bit more strategic, a little bit more holistic, a little bit more inclusive in the way that um, businesses are, are looking at their wellbeing offerings. And what that looks like in their business and how they can maximise it, I guess. Excuse me, maximise the uptake and maximise the value and maximise the return, you know, by creating something, by being strategic about it rather than just ticking a box by doing ad hoc things here and there.
0: Mm-mm. And I'm not too sure if you felt the same, but um, in my LinkedIn feeds, there's all these things more recently around, you know, well-being is not just about. I think there was one with a whole bunch of pizza boxes this week, you know, and it's not just about hey, um, you know, build resilience by giving people pizza. You know, it's about actually, you know, strategically looking at well, what are your well-being practices? How are your roles set up? What is the, you know, the um, workloads of your people? And so, like you're saying, being that more strategic around work. Place well-being rather than just having band-aids is, you know, is is a much better way of looking at it for organisations and for the individuals in them.
1: It is, and you know what you just said there. What's good for the individuals is good for the business, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you've got happy, healthy people who are feeling supported, who are feeling understood, who are feeling appreciated, and not just like they're replaceable and nobody gives a crap about them, really,
0: mm-hmm.
1: aren't those the people you want working? In your business, yeah well does that not make sense that those people are going to be more enthusiastic they're going to be more they're going to enjoy their job more so they 're going to be more creative they're going to be better problem solvers they're going to be better communicators with other people on their team and with your clients so yeah, that strategy comes into it uh where yeah the box ticking whether it's something that actually does maybe make a difference to individuals like say the yoga classes or the mindfulness which is all well and good but certainly a bowl of free fruit in the lunch in the lunch room and a lunchtime yoga class once a week is not really a well-being strategy it's not really a well-being program for your business you know it is a box ticking exercise and if you've got free fruit in the lunch room and a lunchtime yoga class but your people are working 60 hour weeks there's a disconnect there when you start talking about, oh, well, we're doing something for workplace wellbeing, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I guess for our listeners, uh, do we want to maybe start off with a little bit of a definition of, you know, what do we mean by workplace wellbeing? And that can set the scene for the rest of the conversation.
1: Sure. So wellbeing, the quote that I like or the definition that I like is from the Mental Health Foundation of New Zealand. And it's sort of shortened to the point, and I feel like it really sums it up. Uh, and I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. Well being means we have the tools, support, and environments that we need to be who we are and to build and sustain lives worth living. And I really love that definition because I think what some of those well being initiatives that we were just saying, like lunchtime yoga, for example, that's not addressing the environment. You're giving people some tools. But what about support what about great leadership what about the environment what about the workplace culture so if we look at well-being in the context of the workplace i look at four key areas which i think are really important which is policy how can you perhaps be a leader rather than a follower instead of just doing the bare minimum for things like whether it's parental leave whether it's sick leave whatever Where are your policies? How do they stack up? Even things like how much you pay people, right? Because financial well-being or financial stress is a huge contributor to people's lack of of well-being or um, stress levels. So what about your policies? What is your culture? And again, culture is not, you know, a coffee machine. Culture is not beers after work on a Friday. A culture is going to arise in your business whether you're intentional about it or not so be intentional about what kind of culture you want to create in your business so policies culture leadership obviously you know the importance of good managers right you you know you build your whole business around it so uh and just before we started recording we were talking about how everybody usually has that one manager in their past that they really think really fondly Mm. of and that had a really big influence on them and so how can you support the leaders in your business how what sort of training support coaching are they getting to build their leadership skills because sometimes people end up in a leadership position maybe they got promoted from from being at that level now they're the leader of that team because they were good at doing the thing but leadership skills are a whole set of different skills right Mm -hmm. I mean, you can know how to do maths, but teaching maths is different than doing the maths and knowing how, how to do it yourself. It's the same mm-hmm. with everything. Being good at a role doesn't mean that you're equipped to lead a team of people doing that role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So looking at your leadership, looking at how you support them, how you grow your leaders, uh, and then opportunities. So that's where perhaps those uh, that training comes in for people in your business as individuals. Are we looking at those... Tools like, you know, let's do some resilience. Let's talk to them about stress management, but also opportunities within the business. What are their goals in their career and how are you supporting them and coaching them and training them and allowing them the opportunity to grow, whether it's industry specific or whether it's those more soft skills and that general personal growth? So, those mm. are those four key areas policy, leadership, culture, and opportunities within that workplace that contribute to workplace wellbeing, I believe.
0: Yeah, oh, I love all that. I definitely love that definition. And I think that I might have to um, write it down on a post-it note and put it, you know, on the side of my um, desk, because I think it's um, certainly a different thought. Like you say, it's not just about, you know, physical health. It's not just about mm-hmm. um, eating well, you know, which is some of the things that we do tend to have a look at, it, you know, having good mindfulness techniques, but it's about, the, you know, the tools, the support, the environment. And I think, you know, from a management perspective. If we're thinking about our people and saying, are they enabled in the sense? Do they have the right tools? Do they feel supported? Are they in a safe environment? Be it physically or mentally, whatever it might be. Um, you're, you're having a good. You're making a good step forward of creating an environment that is actually safe and people feel well, Um, and then having it supported holistically, like you say, by your four steps. um, You know, sounds like a great place. You know, to work. Uh, Sign me up. I'll be there.
1: Yeah. And I think again, we touched on this before we started recording, Alexis. But I think the other tide is turning. I think more businesses are seeing seeing the value, but seeing their responsibility rather than. Mm -hmm. You know that old school way of going, you leave your problems at the door when when you're at work, you're there to work, mm. and nobody wants nobody cares about your personal life and The reality is we're all emotional beings, we experience emotions all day, and it's it's unreasonable and just unrealistic to expect someone you know if someone just had to have their twenty year old cat put down the night before, or if someone just found out that their dad has dementia or if someone Mm. just had a big argument with their partner right before they walked out the door or whatever, there's no off switch for that kind of thing. And so people might come into work on different days feeling up, down, in between. They might experience a range of stuff during the day. And I'm not saying that we need to I mean, you know, we're all adults. We all can manage our behaviours. So I'm not saying we all need to come into work or should be expected. Businesses shouldn't be expected that people can come in and be a total prima donna all day. Mm -hmm. But there's a middle ground there, right? You know, what if we, if you're a manager and one of your team comes in to work and, and, you know, you can see, or if they rang you and took the day off because of personal stuff and then they come in the next day Actually, checking in with them and saying, "Hey, you know how are you today? Are you okay to be back at work? Is there anything you wanted to talk about? Obviously you don't have to share with me, but if you want to i 'm here um, and you know if if you need more support around whatever's going on mm. that's part of part of my role is to to support you you know so um, just know that that you can talk to me about it if you want to and I mm. think if we encourage more of that and again equip our managers for the, for that real leadership that is going to benefit everybody mm. if that person who is experiencing something going on in their life comes in and is met with that rather than just kind of expected to be Hundred percent on, nobody actually gives a crap why you took a a person all day yesterday, nobody's commenting, or they're all studiously ignoring the fact that your eyes are red because you've been crying. Mm. You know we're all we I think I started with we all have emotions. There's no getting around it. Yeah. And if we can work with it rather than trying to ignore it, that's where That real culture change is going to happen. Mm. And again, people who are supported, who feel appreciated, who actually feel that people care, they're actually going to be the people you want working in your business. Mm. Mm. They are going to, you're going to get a team of people who get on with each other, who understand each other, who work together better, who understand each other's kind of strengths and weaknesses, because we all have both, right? We're all sort of, you know, better in certain situations than in others. And, yeah, I just think that the businesses that are recognising that are the ones that are getting ahead, the ones that are not just waiting to be told that they have to do some of this stuff. And the other ones are the ones that are having a revolving door of staff and they're wondering why wondering why nobody wants to work there you know and you can that 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 sort of um cliche of you know older people going oh nobody wants to work anymore it's like no people just aren't prepared to put up with being treated like shit to be honest Mm -hmm. and they don't have to because there are workplaces that are recognizing that caring for their people It's not only the right thing to do, but it's actually good for business.
0: We're excited to announce that Manager IQ has now created a new manager community called the Manager Mentor Hub. This is a place where managers can come to master their craft, get access to a supportive community, and share their knowledge and experience. When you join this community, you will have the ability to undertake a management self-review, set your goals, get access to monthly masterclasses where the topics are based off the community goals, requests, and other general community chatter. There is a weekly live office hours to ask and workshop any of your management questions that you might have. And of course, there's also the community itself where you can ask each other questions and get support from each other. So why don't you come along and check us out? More information can be seen at www.manageriq.com. See you there. Yeah. And I mean, that's great. I mean, that was our next question that we're going to ask is around what are the benefits of, you know, making sure that workplace well-being is important in your organization? And, um, you know, you've mentioned retention of, you know, good, motivated, engaged employees is a big part of that. Um, attracting employees because, you know, noise is going to get out there in the market is, is another part of that. Is there anything else that you would you would add around why workplace well-being is good for businesses and good for individuals?
1: Yeah, and I think we've sort of really covered it, right? Yeah, just for for individuals, it's something they're going to be looking for because we spend mm-hmm. usually more than forty hours. When you factor in the, you know, getting there and staying late, and some, you know, you're there at lunchtime and whatever, we spend such a large portion of our lives at work. Mm-hmm. If it's getting you down. That has such a huge impact. And again, well-being, you know, as we've just said, is more to the fore. It's more talked about. Mental health is so much more uh, mm. so much more a, a topic that's on the table. People are really recognising as individuals the impact that that can have, for better or worse, the, their workplace. And they're just seeing that it's not worth staying, even if the pay is good, even if the perks are good. If it mm. is making you feel like crap, Mm. if you're getting to the end, you know, even if you're actually enjoying sometimes being there, but if it's having an impact, like you're unable to switch off, if it's having an impact, like you're sort of feeling overwhelmed, even though you enjoy the work itself, you know, there are those things that start to happen for people. Uh, or sometimes they don't even start to happen later. I have a, a friend who, um, a, a previous client actually, and she recently started a new contract role and she got there on her first day. They oh, they pushed out her start date because they weren't organised. Um, and I know you just did a, an onboarding um, episode with Sandra, so she'll be cringing when she hears this. Um, <laughs> They pushed out her start date. When she got there, they still didn't have an email address set up. Her computer wasn't set up. Nobody knew kind of what she was doing. The HR person hadn't done anything. The IT guy hadn't done anything. Um, And then to top it off, she's a little bit older than a lot of the, the workforce there. And... They were sort of really unwelcoming. There was a bit of kind of mean girl type stuff going on. And I think she was there about four or five weeks. And she was like, I'm not staying here. Mm. By week four or five, the stuff still wasn't organised. She was just kind of sitting there, literally basically twiddling her thumbs. And people are just like, I'm not, no, the, pay, this is not, the paycheck's not worth it. I don't mm. want it to be here. I don't want to be in this environment. You know, this is not what I want to be doing with my life. People want purpose and meaning. It's actually um, really important to our mental health to feel that we have purpose. And so Mm. when you're in a workplace where you lack that, that's also a factor, you know. So, yeah, there, there are so many reasons why it's important. And then, like I said, from the flip side with businesses, who do you want dealing with your customers? Who do you want doing the creative work, coming up with the ideas, making the things or providing the service or the product that you that you create? Who do you, you know, what do you want those people to be feeling like? And like I said, the old school way might be like, well, I don't care what they're feeling like, I just want them to do their job, but recognise that what they're feeling like is going to impact how they do their job.
0: So yes
1: your business and your bottom line
0: yeah I always you know like sometimes when we have dinner um i'm staying with my folks at the moment and you know if there's a good meal we we'll say oh that was made with love you yes. know Yeah, And a similar type of thing, you know, like if you had a good experience with an organization and actually the the way that a person feels when they're interacting with a customer is going to blend through the or bleed through the conversation and how they make that customer feel and the services that they provide. So I think that's exactly what you're saying, is that you want your customers to feel the love that employees have for their organization. Love might be a dramatic word, but, you know, like that sense of um, feeling excited about what they're doing, that they are contributing to a broader purpose, that they are enjoying what they're doing, that they enjoy their co-workers, um, that they're not tired because they're overworked um, or they have um, opportunities where they can be creative and innovative and those sorts of things. That's going to go through to your customers. It's going to impact the bottom line. And um, you also want your customers to return. So,
1: Yeah. And you, you know, you touching on saying you want the customer to feel the love that the employee feels, because this circles right back around to everybody feels emotions all the time. So what kind of emotion do you want your customer to be feeling? And how are they going to be treated how is the customer going to be treated to feel like a valued customer and to have the experience that you want the customer to have? Who's providing that experience? And yes, their what they're feeling is going to bleed over into their interaction with your clients. So yeah, hundred
0: yeah, percent. And it's got to have a good, well, direct link to productivity. You know, so if a person is coming in worried about what's what's going to happen to them that day, or if they're going to have enough work on that day, um, or whatever whatever the different aspects of work are that are maybe a little bit unwell. They're not going to be focusing that energy on um, doing a good job, having great interactions, creating a good culture. They're they're going to they're going to be doing a whole bunch of other things and putting their energy in a different place where the business probably doesn't want them to.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right. You know, we talked about people's outside stuff or personal stuff impacting how they feel at work, but obviously then the experience they're having at work, right? If they have niggles with a coworker and mm. that's not being addressed. If there, And I think you've already done an episode on psychological safety, a whole episode. So if you've got an environment where psychological safety is not present, so people don't feel comfortable to say, I made a mistake, or people don't feel comfortable to speak up and say to someone else, particularly someone who ranks above them, actually, I think you're wrong. If there's not that safety to have those conversations, that's going to impact, yeah, their... You know, if someone's sitting in a state of stress all the time, that's a physiological response, right? And again, i touched Mm. on it The parts of the brain that are good at being creative, solving problems, making decisions, those shut down when we're stressed. Yeah, wow. So again, what's their performance? And as you said, productivity is sort of a byproduct of kind of general performance and their general um, onness. Is going to be impacted. So yeah, productivity as a measure of that, but but all of the things that feed into productivity as the end result, the problem solving, the creativity, the communication, the, you know, yeah, the being able to actually articulate themselves and and have those mm. conversations. Um, and psychological safety is such a huge part of that. And so again, that's such has such an impact on how people are going to perform their roles, mm. you know.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for bringing in the episodes that we've already um we've already recorded as part of Manager Skills Corner. Um, appreciate the the plugs for the other episodes. Oh,
1: um, well, I just love that you've you know you have really looked into some really key areas um and that's why you know I so appreciate you inviting me on because I can see the work you've already done and I think you and I've talked about that I think (laughs) we think quite alike and I think you know it's I think the the direction and the thoughtfulness that you have put into what are what makes a good manager you know I think you you're doing a really great job in the the direction you're going in with the podcast
0: I've got my cheer squad in the background, um, <laughs> <laughs> agreeing with you. Um, well, thank you so much. I, I agree. I think that we do have a lot in common. And um, and I guess all we're trying to do is make an impact on the world in a positive way, in our way, in any way that we can. Um, so, that's, so that's what we're trying to achieve. But um, let's c- consider if a manager is sitting listening to this podcast and they're thinking, how do I assess how – well my workplaces or what is the workplace well-being in my team um how would they go about assessing that
1: yeah so that's a really great question so uh you know an example i gave earlier obviously just as a manager the better you actually kind of know your people and seeing when something's changed with someone you know if someone who's normally quite outgoing and chatty has gone a bit quiet um if someone I was going to say suddenly, it may be not quite suddenly exactly, but if someone is starting to have more um, days off, you know, when someone is starting to get disengaged, often they start kind of using up their sick days or taking more days off because they just are waking up in the morning going, I just don't, can't face it today. I, can't, I don't want to be there. Um, obviously, they might also be taking sick days because there's something physically happening with them so you know again just having those conversations and I think creating that environment of psychological safety and being also I think vulnerable to share yourself and not feeling that you have to you know that a manager has to be sort of know everything never show weakness you know mm. again we're all human and I think if we the more we have those conversations uh the more that you actually get to know your people. And that doesn't mean you're not being professional and that doesn't mean that you can't have the hard conversations when needed about their work performance, for example. But I think, you know, being starting to create that environment of having regular check-ins with your team. um, And again, if we, you know, bring that back around to sort of policy and culture, make it an actual documented thing. Once a week we all have our... Check in as a group once a week or once a fortnight or once a month. I have a one on one with each team member, and it's not just talking about their performance. It's is there anything else? Is there anything going on with you? Is there anything you need to unload or that I can support you with? Uh, so, again, creating that environment, I think, in the first instance, is going to enable you to see when something changes, which is going to be, be a sign of of what's going on with with your people uh but there you know and there are also kind of tools that you can use and you know I I've said more than once I'd love to not have to have a job because businesses mm. embed wellbeing in their day-to-day operations so managers can learn to be Better facilitators managers can learn to use you know there are some great tools out there that sort of gamify the process of having conversations uh, and using those those types of tools and games and mm-hmm. you know things that actually enable people to sort of get to know each other better to be a bit more vulnerable to find out what makes makes each other tick and as a manager supporting people then in the way they want to be supported you know we talked before we started recording a little bit about psychometric profiling and you know some people love all the details and all the instructions and they want to make sure they're following it to the letter other people just want to be told the thing and then they want to go and get on with it with minimal interference from anybody else and so Mm. learning to manage your people in a way that's right for them and getting to know them on that deeper level again means that you will have a much quicker insight into when things are going on for them, you know, and they'll be much Mm. more likely to confide in you and to not just be like, oh, God, well, I don't want to tell anyone because, you know, then they're going to, you know, I don't want to tell anyone that I'm struggling and maybe I'm starting to Mm. be burnt out. I don't want to tell them that I'm having relationship problems because it's not work-related and they probably don't care. But if you, you know, you don't have to, it's not that they have to unload everything onto you but just look I'm having some stuff going on in my personal life and, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit um, not quite myself. I just feel a little bit scattered, you know? And then the manager can, like I said, they can say, is there anything I can do to support you? Maybe would you know? Maybe that. Maybe the the company has some work from home type policy. Would it help to work from home for a few days and just not have to be in the office and around anyone? Do you think that would be better for you? Mm. Would that work better or whatever? You know, there's there's any, that was just an example. There's any number of ways you could support someone, but having that relationship is actually what's going to enable you as a manager to observe and discern those those. Changes in people's behavior that are perhaps going to um, signal that all is not necessarily well sometimes
0: yeah, exactly right. So if you're looking at the people within your team and you're thinking, okay, well, you know on a general sense, um, you know how well is this this individual this team member there are some what you're saying there is there are some triggers that might help you understand when there is something that's changed, but in order to understand the triggers, you have to understand your people. And so getting nice. to know your people is a good foundation to then how you're able to assess and then support them in the way that they want to be supported um, because you understand them, you've built trust and you're able to to support them in the right way. So that's a, a great foundation. And it's a foundation to lots of things, getting to know your people. Um, so that's that's fantastic. You, you're able to do that, then you're able to understand, okay, well, you know, maybe they're a bit quieter today or they have, they seem a bit distracted or, um, they look disheveled, whatever it might be. You know, there's something going on for them. So then you do, you are able to then, um, Lead into a conversation that's going to help. So I like that, you know, part of the support when you talk about the definition, the tools, the support in the environment. Okay. So, well, that's a key part of support. Mm-hmm. So then what are the things within the environment that are going to help those individuals? And then, like you say, what are the policies that you can lean in on? And, and, um, you know, what are the work from home things like those sorts of things? Or is it tools? So is it training? Is it, um, uh, EAP, whatever it might be? Um, yeah. That's why I like the definition so much because it can you can actually go back to it and think okay well these are the three areas that I can work on how, what are the ones that are going to help this individual at this point in time or more broadly how is it going to help the team?
1: Yes, yes, and I think uh, the other part about. Getting to know your people and building trust, which is the word uh, word that you used in there, which is such a great word. The other thing about building that trust and also you showing vulnerability and then people being vulnerable with you, that's probably also going to open up the door for people to be more open with you about perhaps their career aspirations, right, and where they might see themselves going in the future. So that leads to kind of an even greater relationship where you can then support them and provide training, direction, mentorship, uh, whatever, to help them grow and then they're, they're going to love working there even more, right, because they've, they've got these kind of opportunities arising, but they might have been a little bit nervous to say, oh, well, actually, you know, one day I want your job, or one day I want it, you know, they might not have felt, they, felt that they wanted to say those types of things, it might not be your job that they're after, but, you know, they might have kind of been holding those dreams close like we all do, because when we say them out loud, we're like, oh, people think I'm stupid, or... Oh, you know that feels that's so far off I'm not going to tell anybody about that you know who am I to think I can get there but if you've got that trust and that vulnerability and you build that relationship those types of conversations start to be had and so you can support your people to really flourish uh, in even more ways and you know isn't that a great thing for your business
0: yeah absolutely absolutely We've had an excellent conversation today with Michelle on workplace well-being. It was so excellent that it ended up being over an hour long. We wanted to ensure that we can fade everything um, in this episode for you guys, but we also want to make sure that it's easy to consume. So we have decided to make it a two part series. Join us in the next part of the series where we discuss with Michelle, how can an individual build their own building? What are the questions that you can ask yourself to understand how well you are? What are some of the work boundaries that you can set for yourself what are some of the challenges and barriers that managers may face when they're looking at implementing well-being into their team What is the return of investment that you can get on implementing a wellbeing program? Understanding what your office and what your environment already offers as part of wellbeing processes or procedures that can help support your people. And also how you can co-create your wellbeing program. Like I said, lots and lots of information still to share. So come along and join us in this next part of the series. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any feedback, or would like us to deep dive on a specific skill, please email us at hello at manageriq.com. Thanks very much, have a good day.